Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. I'd like to note that in between Justin and McElroy, mm-hmm. Justin has put a hat on. Yes, it is a, a large hat, extra large, excuse me, from a company called Title Tom, if that gives you an idea of what kind of vibe this hat's bringing. Got it in the... In the River Street area of Savannah, Georgia, while I was enjoying a traveler from Wet Willies. What, what is that hat called? Uh, what would you call it? Is this a Panama hat? Would yeah, you say it's a Panama I, hat? I'm not really sure. I don't Let's know. Say, Panama I'm not hat. up on my haberdashery. Yes. Yeah, this is a Panama hat. Okay. Yeah, that's what you'd go call this. Justin's been wearing this a lot lately. I've been wearing it a lot uh-huh. lately. I don't see people anymore. I do my own thing. It's his, it's his own vibe. I'm in For- my. I'm in, I'm entering my like I, when I have sunglasses uh, on and uh, my mask and this. I look like like if John Hammond got burned by acid and had to go incognito. <laughs> it's great. It's a great aesthetic. Throughout this uh, pandemic, most of us have gone the route I did, which is I just wear pajamas in various configurations all day long, but not Justin. Not me. He got a fancy hat. Spicing it up. Uh, Justin, it's almost Halloween, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it October. Is, I will say I made the argument that the season the season is here. Yeah. We've been embracing it since Oct 1. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's just fun. It's just fun. It's it's fun to watch scary stuff and decorate your yard with Halloween themed, you know, inflatables and other decorations that aren't inflatables, but mostly inflatables because that's how we roll. And uh, you know, watch spooky things and maybe tell spooky stories. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, do you have a spooky tale for me? Sydney? It's a little I it's not. I mean, it's a little spooky, yeah. I thought I thought it would be fun to do something. This is I promise you there is a medical aspect to this, but like primarily it's not it's not just a medical story. Okay. Um there are there is a medical element that we'll get to. Um but I I got this story from <laughs> a couple listeners have actually written and suggested it, but the first person to bring it to my attention, the first to lay this at my uh feet uh was my father who has a calendar, like a page-a-day calendar, that tells him, like, interesting trivia and stories. Yes. <laughs> um, 
uh, Riley got that for him. And sometimes he'll come across something that he thinks will make a good Sawbones and he'll save the little calendar page. And the next time I see him, he'll bring it to me. Fantastic. <laughs> and he brought me this on a little calendar page and said, I thought this would make a good Sawbones. And I decided, you know what? This would be a fun little, a fun little story for Sawbones. Maybe a respite from the real world. Yes. Justin, have you ever heard of the Green Children of Woolpit? No. No, that sounds unnerving, though. It's a very spooky story. It does sound. Sounds like a Doctor Who episode, honestly. It does. It does. It's, I'm, I can't think of any that would have drawn on this, but since this is like sort of a, a British folk story, mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if that hadn't inspired something, some, some aspect of something at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can thank my dad as I do, for bringing this to our attention. Uh, So this is a story that comes from the 12th century. Okay. It takes place in Woolpit of Suffolk County, England. Um, And it it also occurred under the reign of King Stephen. And I really love the idea that this sort of spooky story comes from a time when King Stephen was in charge. Oh, King Stephen, spooky stories. I love this. Right? I love this. Do you get it? Do you yeah. get where I'm like the Bangor Maine's uh, favorite son, the master of horror, Joe's dad, Stephen King. Right, exactly. And he but tells scary stories. And, and this t- is a scary story, story from the time of King Stephen. King and I Stephen. say scary, it's not scary. It's just like unnerving. Ooh, even the, It's a mystery. The, the scariest scare is the one that refuses to scare you and merely unnerves. <laughs> What is, um, the by the way, you know, what is it? Wasn't it Keenan says in the, in the elevator? You don't you don't understand frights. You fear them. Uh, yeah, with David S. Pumpkins. Yeah. So, do you the name Woolpit? By the way, of the town. Yeah, comes from Wolf Pit. Whoa, it's a cool name for your town. <laughs> because they had a wolf pit there. One would hope. <laughs> You would hate to think it's aspirational. Someday, son, I'll have a beautiful wolf pit right here in the middle. I'm calling my shot now. They they kept. I, I was reading a bunch of different articles about this story because I was trying to look for new elements. And like, it's such an old story, and we only know we only know like what this one thing we know. Like, these are the facts. This is what was written about it. That's it. And so after that, it's just a lot of conjecture. So I kept reading the sort of the same things over and over again. But everybody kept saying like. Wolf pit, named for, you know, the wolf pit there. As if everybody's like, oh, of course, the wolf, the wolf pit. pit. The wolf pit that's there. Well, yeah. It was a pit used to trap wolves, which, I mean, yeah, I could have guessed that, but I didn't know that was a thing people did. Yeah, does every town need one of those? You know what, also, the other thing I'll say is that I bet it was a hard day when they finally had to close up the wolf pit. That must have been <laughs> quite contentious. Hey, guys, listen, nobody else has a wolf pit anymore. We've come up with other <laughs> ways of dealing with this. It's time to close it up. Time to close the wolf pit. My grandfather. Is it closed? Up, is it closed? Is Does wolf pit still have a wolf pit? Because it was famous for its wolf It was named for its wolf pit. Uh, the story originally, while you investigate if wolf pit still has a wolf pit, uh, the story was originally told by Ralph of Coggeshall, mm. who wrote it, wrote it all down, um, around the time it would have happened. So, like, he, ha- he like, knew one of the, like, main characters of the story, right? So, like, he had some firsthand knowledge of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so he wrote it down. Um, it would be repeated 
a lot through the years by different writers and historians, and and that would kind of change it, of course, right, as it's mm-hmm. been retold. The monk and historian William of Newburgh wrote about it like 31 years after it happened. And and the what's important is that these two versions are where we glean a lot of the details of the story from the, these two writings. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is obviously much later, but he's like, listen, I had a lot of trustworthy sources, so don't worry. This is, I know, I know what happened. So, okay, here's the story. Two young children arrived in the village of Woolpit. Okay. Okay. Nobody's with them, no adult, just these two little kids. Uh, they, and you know, depending on how you interpret the story, like they're speaking a language that seems otherworldly or something to the to the people of Woolpit. They don't recognize it. It sounds like gibberish. It is a, they seem to be speaking a language to each other, but it's nothing that anyone there understands. It's not English. They don't know what they're talking twins, about. Twins, twin language. <laughs> well, they're not, they're not twins. They're not twins. They're not twins. Uh, also, their skin is green. So there's that. Oh, okay. I figured it was going to be John and Hank Green. I thought there was <laughs> their origin story. This is, and now you know <laughs> the rest of the... No, that's not that's not how we got John and Hank Green. Um, so their skin is green. They're speaking a language they don't understand. Their clothes seem different, strange, odd. They don't recognize the clothing. It doesn't look like clothes anybody else wears. It's like super cool and fashionable and like way ahead of their time. Really? No, well, now I know just, it's not the Green Brothers. <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> <laughs> got him. You got him. Got him. TikTok that stank. Um, no, I don't know. Their clothes are different. And also they, um, they try to feed the kids and the only thing that they'll eat are broad beans straight from the ground, like growing out of the ground. Like I just pull them right I out of the ground I and eat them. I love broad beans. You love broad I beans? I love broad beans. There's this snack company mm-hmm. it's called Bada Bean Bada Boom and they make this broad bean snack. Oh man, it is I, good. I have heard other people, I've read other versions of this where it's just green beans. Don't like those as I much. Know, which is different, I believe. That's why that's beans. probably my least favorite bean. <laughs> and it's gonna shock people to hear there's a bean I'm not wild about. But these green beans, especially if you French cut. Oh, don't yeah, say it. I'm Justin, trying to podcast. Those are the ones Justin really doesn't like. You don't see those actually. It was it is probably I'm so viscerally opposed to them. It has probably been Fifteen calendar years since I have like seen them. Mm. I don't think they do it anymore. Like I'm I don't think sure they, they're out there. Have you seen it on a menu? You would point it out to me and probably intimidate me with it. I wouldn't. I would no. I mean, uh, the only reason yeah. I would point it out is to like steer you away from that. I like a good garbanzo myself. It's a great bean. It's a great bean. It's a great bean. So anyway, so the these kids are taken in and sort of cared for, work as servants in a manner. <laughs> Like cared for in the sense that like you can come work here and you'll be you'll get food and shelter and you know you'll be okay. Um, a manor owned by Richard de Calm, but over time he got them to like eat other food, and as they started to eat like more of a regular balanced diet, slowly their green color started to fade away. Mm. Um, he also worked to teach them English. Okay. And eventually, once they had learned English, they were. Which must have been quite a challenge since they didn't he didn't know what language they were speaking. Yeah. But anyway, he was able to um teach them English and then the the girl, who was the older of the two, told them the story of where they came from at that point, once she learned English. So what she said generally, 
Um, and you can read like the exact text. They they come from a land that they called Saint Martin. Okay. This is according to one of the accounts. This okay. is this is in question. Um, and they don't know how they got there exactly. They're a little confused as to how they came from St. Martin to Woolpit. Um, they were out, like, herding their father's cattle or sheep or something, depending on what you read. They were herding animals, right, tending to their father's fields. And they heard the sound of bells. And this is like, in some accounts, they the cows start to wander into a cave, and they try to follow the cows into a cave, and they get lost in the cave, and they hear the sound of bells and follow them to basically arrive in Woolpit. In another, they're just sort of out there. They hear some sound of, be- they hear some bells and they follow the bells and they end up just standing by the wolf pit and they don't know how they got there. Um, one one way or another, they clearly don't have a, an explanation for how they got from their dad's field to standing next to a wolf pit in, in this, Woolpit. in Woolpit, in this new place. Um, but what they do say is that in St. Martin, they the sun doesn't shine fully. It's like always twilight. Okay. It is a land where there is no real sunlight, and everything is green, and that is where they come from. That's wild. That's wild. Yes. I wouldn't. It's weird, though, that they had a name like St. Martin for the place they came from, considering considering they didn't know English. Yes. That's it's sketch. There's a lot about, I mean, this is, this is why this story is usually considered sort of like folklore. It's mm-hmm. like... It's, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> questionable bits to it. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be somewhat fanciful, I think. I don't think you should like. I mean, like, the the whole point is I'm going to try to figure out why the kids are green. But I'm also going to tell you that the point of a story like this is not to figure out any of the facts. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it's just sort of to accept it. Um, so anyway, Richard DeCon takes the men, employs them. Um, since they weren't from around there, he decides, like, you guys need to be baptized. That's- got to. Got, thank goodness. I was on pins and needles over here trying to figure out when these kids are going to get baptized. <laughs> and after they get baptized, sadly, the boy falls ill and dies. Sid. Sorry. Come on. I mean, it's just the story. Uh, the girl who became known as Agnes, I don't know who named her Agnes. I don't know if it was, like, if she got to pick her name or if Richard named her. But uh, she continued to work in the household. She eventually got married to the Archdeacon of Ely, Richard Barr. Ah, mm-hmm. Dick Barr. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, they may have had a kid. She was known to be um, wanton. <laughs> she was known to be a wanton woman. Yes, but um, and and lived out the rest of her life and. That's sort of the whole story. Well, I mean, sort of. Except, I mean, ever since then, this story has been repeated, like I said, by different um, storytellers and historians, and it's become part of, like, British folk legend. But, like, what was going on? That's been the question. Because it's been interpreted to mean a lot of things. Like, should we take this, like, literally, where there's some green kids by a wolf pit? Or is it some sort of allegory that we're supposed to figure out what that means? Like, what yeah. about their greenness? What does that symbolize? Yeah, how literally should we interpret this this tale? Right. And so, and it's been the inspiration for different works of, of fiction and mythology and stuff ever since then because it is this sort of weird, unsolved mystery that is, I mean, kind of disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
it has captured the imagination. So I want to talk about the various both mystical and not-so-mystical medical explanations for these green kids. But before we do that, oh yeah, we got to head to the billing department. Let's go. Let's get our green, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'll be the green because the money is... Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Okay, let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle or whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. 
Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Sydney, um, you told me during the commercial break when the other folks were talking, which were also us, but pre-recorded us, that you had this one cracked. You said case closed. I'm excited to that. announce. I didn't say that. Case closed. The fi- And you said you held up a big banner that said mission accomplished. No, I definitely didn't do. I didn't use any of those phrases or. <laughs> Don't you love when people write Jack the Ripper books like that? And it's like, it's the title is always like. It's finally solved. <laughs> like we is, wait, did wait, it. wait. What book did you read that the title of the book about Jack the Ripper was "It's finally solved"? Colon. We did it. Okay. Was there an exclamation point at the end? Hold on. I, the, the book is bought. Okay, one book that there are several books like this, <laughs> but the one I referred to came out in 1976, called Jack Ripper. The final solution. I mean, it is like we saw. I did it. It's Jack 19- Ripper, Jack the Ripper. Oh, no, okay. Jack Tripper, the final member of <laughs> Three's thought, Company. No, Jack said, the Ripper. Okay, the you final said Jack solution. Ripper. It's absolutely possible. Which, if Jack the Ripper was actually a guy <laughs> named Jack Ripper, and nobody it was right in front of us, and nobody figured that out until 1976, that's a shame. It's Jack Ripper, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> There's no way that he. It would be so. So cavalier as to call himself Jack the Ripper. Yes, my my middle name is Daniel Jack D. Ripper. That's me. Anyway. Sorry. So Jack the Ripper does not play a part in this story as far as I know. Does he? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. So I'm going to start inserting him into your story. If you you look into the uh, folk answers the mystical answers the magical answers for this totally you'll get a lot of like here. right like theories as to why this would have happened um a lot of people are like well it was they're fairies obviously and they came from fairyland and they got mixed up with humans and there's like a lot of that if you read like traditional british sort of uh stories and tales like that you'll find these stories of otherworldly you know, sorts of beings who wander through some portal and end up in the human world. And so, like, that would not be out of place, especially for that time period and the various people who told the story. Um, There are some who thought that they were, like, aliens and somehow their planet got stuck in some sort of, like, orbit nearby and then they got accidentally transported to Earth. We all considered the alien angle. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they're green. (laughs) Well, there you go. And aliens, as we all know. (laughs) Uh, there was, there's like a lot of interpretive sort of, like a lot of people have looked at it as, you know, they're trying to tell us something about the people who lived of the time and about different traditions. And like, um, there is a concept in Celtic lore of green spirits, which are like sinless spirits, you know, Mm -hmm. these like wholesome spirits. Um, and especially there's this whole like, well, later, uh, Agnes marries this guy who is from a place called King's Lynn and Lynn or lean is also the Celtic word that means evil. And so like basically this wholesome fairy marries an evil human. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Which sounds, I mean, that's like a lot of. It's probably the one. <laughs> that's the one I'm leaning towards currently. Yeah, that, that's the one that makes the most sense. There's a connection to, have you ever heard the, the babes in the woods story? Do you know where that phrase, babes in the woods? No. You know, you've heard that before. Yeah. Okay, this is another English folk legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes from a ballad that was written in 1595 by Thomas Millington of Norwich. Um, and the story of the babes in the wood is, because I'd never heard the story before, but uh, which, by the way, what he called it was the Norfolk gent, his will and testament, and how he committed the keepings of his children to his own brother, who dealt most wickedly with them, and how God plagued him for it. He used to really go all <laughs> in on titles. But the tie-in is that, so the story of the babes in the wood is there is a couple, they're both sick. They're dying. They have two kids. The dad, before he dies, looks at his brother and is like, please promise me you'll care for my children. And the brother's like, you got it, bro. I'm going to take care of your kids. And then as soon as the couple die, the brother's like, I am definitely not taking care of these kids. Moreover, I want their inheritance. So I got to get them killed but I don't want to do it. So he basically gets two murderers to take the kids into the woods to kill them. Except one of the murderers is feels really bad about it and is like, I can't kill these kids. So he kills the other murderer and then looks at the kids and is like, you guys can just take off into the woods, okay? Just run away and we'll pretend this never happened. Except they're little kids, so they die in the woods. It's Guys, a really sad story. <laughs> what are you doing, Sydney? I'm just saying this is the story. I've a rough week, and you're like piling it on. This is the story. I don't know. Listen. You chose to tell the story. You included this. You in talked story. to Thomas Millington about his story. I can't. He died too. There's like a there's a whole ending where like the uncle gets his comeuppance and is punished by God. Has to be a heck of a comeuppance. It's some pretty whack stuff he did. So anyway. In the version that would tie into this, the kids are actually poisoned by the uncle with arsenic. Why is this important? Well, chronic arsenic poisoning can do many things, but among them is that you can have skin changes if you have chronic arsenic poisoning. Um, One, or you can actually like form skin cancers, but another is that you can get something, uh, arsenical keratosis, And this is basically like a change in the pigmentation of your skin over time. Hmm. And you can look at – it looks different. You can look at pictures of this if you're curious because it can be either hyper or hypopigmented, meaning lesser. You know, you can lose or gain pigmentation of your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the pictures that I looked at looked a lot – because I – as you may imagine, I've never seen a case of chronic arsenic poisoning in real life. A lot of the pictures I looked at looked um, like splotchy. You know, it wasn't just like your entire skin changed color. It looked more like you were spotty. Um, But that change in pigmentation maybe gave their skin sort of a green cast or a green hue, which is why these children – and I guess this is a happier end to the story of the babes in the wood because instead of them dying and getting, like, covered with leaves by birds, they wander into Woolpit and get taken in by Richard and – don't you know they eat regular food yeah that's a cheerier tale for sure well i mean i think it's better than the original certainly yeah um there so so that is one theory like is that what was wrong with these kids they had chronic arsenic poisoning but you're conflating like a you're kind of in the area between like fact and myth of this right because oh yeah the story of the uncle and the kids that sounded like a kind of messed up little fairy tale type deal but a fairy tale is a weird fairy, word for well, that. Well, they used to be, we watched that, day, you know, they used to be pretty dark. 
what was that called? Oof, oh, be careful. Man. A grim. There's a there's this Hansel True and Gretel story. Grim tale, something like that. On Netflix. It's a series, right? With uh It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. It's very cool, but be careful. My dear with- my dear friend Ron Funches is in it, but you gotta be you gotta be careful over this spooky show. It's a tale dark and grim. Woo, you see that pop up? You may wanna get that. Get a good it quick watch on of your that. Kids, your kids' sort of sensibilities. Like Cooper loved it. I mean, she's three and she absolutely adored it and wanted mm-hmm. to watch it again. Oh, yeah. Charlie, who's seven, was pretty freaked out. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm not so this story, you know, it's Halloween time. I'm operating here in the realm of yeah. myth. I yeah. just think, I think it's kind of interesting to theorize. Like, let's say that they really did find two green kids. Why were they green? Mm-hmm. And one possible explanation would be. Chronic arsenic poisoning. Now, that is not the most commonly thought explanation. So let's say for a second that these are just two human children. Okay. Nothing mystical. They're not fairies. They're not aliens. Right. Seems a stretch, but go on. <laughs> they're not some sort of allegory. It's just, let's take the story at face value. Literally, two little kids who are green are, fine, are found by a wolf pit. They speak in a language we don't understand, and their clothes look different than ours. What could that be? Well, the most likely explanation is that these were two Flemish children. Mm. Okay? So at this— Excess of phlegm made them green. (laughs) No, as in from like Flanders, like Dutch kids. Got it. So there had been—at this period in the 12th century, there was a lot of immigration, like a lot of Flemish immigration into England. Mm -hmm. So you would have had a lot of Flemish people who had recently— come there, um, and they were being persecuted. Uh, after 1154, Henry II became king, and it, and a lot of them were being killed. So uh, one theory is that one of the battles uh, was nearby, and maybe these two kids, like maybe their parents had been, had been lost in this battle mm-hmm. nearby, right? And the kids had sort of wandered away, like, trying to escape danger, but didn't know where to go and got lost in the woods, Um, especially since there was a village not too far away called Fornham St. Martin, which was slightly to the north of Bury St. Edmunds where the battle took place. Anyway, the point is, there's the St. Martin connection. Okay. So these two Flemish kids, orphaned by war, wander into the woods uh, and get found. And so when they find these kids, they dress differently because they're immigrants and they have different cultural traditions, different clothing. So they don't look like the people of Woolpit because they're dressed like Flemish people. Um, also, they're speaking Flemish. Okay. But why were they green? Well, right. That's still a problem. <laughs> yeah. And I will say the the part about them speaking Flemish, a lot of people have problems with the story only because the guy who took him in, Richard Decon, would have been like an educated man. Like he was the lord of his manor and mm-hmm. he would have been at the time you would assume would be like educated would and he know. probably would have known at least like he he might not have spoken Flemish certainly, but he would have recognized like he wouldn't have said like, what is this strange alien language? He would have said like, oh, that's Flemish. Flemish yeah. yeah, I think that's Flemish. Um, but anyway, why are they green? If all of this is just two kids wander into the woods and get found somewhere and taught English and fed broad beans, why are they green? <laughs> uh, well, Green sickness is another explanation for this, or Mm -hmm. chlorosis is the other name for this. Now, the name green sickness or chlorosis would not come along as a colloquial term for 
a few hundred years. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean people didn't turn green before then. Uh, and basically, this was the name given to some sort of condition that it took us a lot of time to fully understand, where people would become weak and pale and lethargic, have very little energy, just be very tired. Um, sometimes it would be tied in with like irritable, grumpy kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and there was not a really good explanation for why this would happen, but they would be their skin would change so much that some of them, depending on like what their natural skin color was, would take on kind of a greenish tint, which is why it became known as green sickness eventually. Um, it would be eventually tied really strongly to like young women. Mm-hmm. And it and we've done a whole episode, by the way, on this. We have there's a whole episode of Sawbones if you're interested in like the history of green sickness and all the really wild stuff we tried to do to treat, so to speak, green sickness. Um, but it became associated with young women, especially young virginal women. Oh. And uh, any basically any grumpy young woman could be diagnosed with green sickness after a while. And there was this whole, there were a lot of theories, like, it's because all of your humors are, like, stuck in your uterus and they're making you sick. Um, There was a thought that, like, since it was so closely associated with virginity, like, well, you know, a great solution for that. Ew. We did a whole episode on this. I remember. Yeah. it's. I mean, I told you it was gross. It was bad. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, what we would eventually find out in the 1930s is that this green sickness that literally turned some people sort of green is actually probably iron deficiency anemia. Mm. Uh, There are some other anemias, but for most of the people who were diagnosed through the decades and centuries with green sickness, they probably just had this anemia because they weren't getting enough iron, and uh, and that can make you weak, pale, tired. It makes sense for kids that have been on their own for a while trying to, like, live off the, the land. Yes, it makes sense that these kids would have had some sort of nutritional deficiency mm-hmm. um, that would have led to iron deficiency anemia or some other form of anemia, that they would appear somewhat green, and that once they were taken in and adapted to a proper diet, their green color would fade because the anemia would resolve. But So to put it in medical context, some anemic kids were found in the woods, and they fixed it with diet. But that, my friends, would not make a podcast episode, which is what you've just listened to. And thank you so much for that, by the way. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And uh, thanks to to you for listening. We very much appreciate you being here. Um, If you want to buy stuff uh, that (laughs) is related to this program, you can go to McElroyMerch.com. That's us, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y merch.com and you can get some some sawbones paraphernalia we've also got a book if you go to anywhere you buy books and look for the sawbones book that's where you'll find it case closed read a book read a book books are great read any book but read ours well that too first yeah um and uh we got a pro vax pin on there some other great stuff so check it out that is going to do it for us though um no it's not my mistake it wouldn't be sawbones if i didn't remind you as much as it's been fun just to tell scary stories about the past. In the present, there are two great vaccines out there you could get. Ooh. One is for COVID if you haven't gotten it yet. And there, man, you got a whole variety there. But mm. pick one and get it. 
and tell a friend. And a flu vaccine. Yeah. That you should be getting two. So two shots. Two shots. Two shots for the price of one right now. <laughs> the price is free. Free. Generally. Yeah. I mean, generally, for yes, for the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Most places for the flu vaccine. Cool. So go get your vaccines. That's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.